0: Welcome to the cocoon, where the ninety-nine percent transform into one hundred percent. I'm your host, Michael Baker, and you're listening to the Open Door Podcast series. Please welcome my guest, Sharla. Sharla. <laughs> how are you? Hi, Mike. Hi, honey. How
1: are you? I'm doing pretty good.
0: You're doing pretty good. Well, I would say you're doing pretty good. You know, I uh, you got a lot going on now there, and are you in New York? I am in New York, in New I York City. I don't know where I'm going to
1: pop up. Right,
0: <laughs> you're kind of like that. <laughs> All right, so Sharla, I I when, when I think I met you around what 2009.
1: Yes, you, Oh my goodness, has it been that
0: long? It's been t- yes, it has. Can you can you believe that? 2009. Oh. And let's see here. You are one of the other first social entrepreneurs that I had ever met. Um, and we were doing, you know, uh, prototyping with a cocoon and showcase networks and showcase PDX and all sorts of stuff was going on. And you're a part of all those amazing photos and photo shoots that we took. Remember that?
1: I sure do. <laughs> of course you I do, because sure
0: you're because <laughs> you're everywhere in that. <laughs> that was so. That was really a lot of fun. Um, so I met you. I, I don't remember exactly who it was. It may have been through uh, Colin or, or someone of that matter, yeah. but. But yes, um I you think it was yeah and we met at Malpost Five, the the you know uh co living space, creative space here in Portland, Oregon. And uh, you were at also Ned Space at the time too. That was another co working space.
1: That's right, I was. You remember that? Indeed, another project for <laughs> <I
0: sure do>. you. <laughs> I know all these things. So all right, so so you know, a lot of people they listen to this stuff and they don't know the term social entrepreneur. Um, you know, I, honestly, I didn't know what that meant either back in two thousand and you know seven and eight, uh, going into nine. But uh, I soon found out because that was my mission, and I just didn't know what, what what do you call people who are seeking to create things and businesses and innovations that um, better the world and the planet, and that aren't necessarily a nonprofit venture, meaning. Um, you know, they're not just uh, in the nonprofit world, but they actually, uh, you know, can make profit, but we utilize that profit in a different way. And I had never met anyone except for maybe one person at that time. And uh, of course, I got into this, you know, in, at Mile Plus Five and I started to meet lots of people. And you were one of those people. So why don't you tell everybody kind of what your background is and, and what your journey is here?
1: Wow. Um, yeah, it's been it's been quite a journey. Well, my background spans from gosh, I uh, studied engineering and politics in my undergrad. I ended up working in advertising for a little while doing, you know, demographic trends analysis, and then I did some nonprofit work, development work in the nonprofit world, and then I um, decided to venture into being an entrepreneur and I worked in the alternative energy industry, um, Mm. did some business development work for a biofuels company. And then I um, decided I wanted more out of being an entrepreneur and so I looked at a Starting a venture with a couple other people with a water delivery service that we provided in Portland, and um, our our uh, clients would donate. We, uh, you know, we would give back about five to ten percent of their monthly um, uh, their monthly uh, um, subscription service. Mm-hmm. Their revenues, nonprofits, and yes, the various uh, nonprofits in Portland. Mm. We wanted to be a social, a social cause-based company, and so we, you know, did that for actually quite some time. And then I um, looked around for the next venture. I ended up going to grad school in, in Boston for. Um, a little while and started a company where we would um, our our whole aim was to reduce the waste in the hospitality industry focusing on the in-room amenities and uh, somewhere along the way we had an election that happened (laughs) last year (laughs) The famous election (laughs) Yes and that seemed to be the impetus that really changed the course of my life and ended up, you know, connecting with so many um, amazing people uh, at various different rallies. Last year, a couple of us got together and we decided to focus on um Uh, uh, have a media focus and how we disseminate information out to the Mm. public and Mm -hmm. being unfiltered and and offering a platform for people to have their voice. And so, you know, it really took about a year for this to be realized. So um, I actually got back in touch with uh, one of my friends from the rallies I met uh, a couple months ago, actually, yeah. and we decided to team up. He was a former producer of the show The Circus that was on Showtime, very run and gun style of a political show, um, became popular. and we confront politicians from all spectrums, from both the left and the right, mm-hmm. various mm-hmm. issues, and and so um, and then with my background, having studied politics in my undergrad, I I and him decided to join forces, and we in the span of a couple months, we are um, we started the process of creating a media company. We are working on a couple, uh, documentary features and, um, and yeah, it's been quite a journey. Wow. Loving it.
0: Wow. That was, you, you compacted that really quickly. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that, that, that's actually quite amazing because, um, you know, I, I've watched you, you know, throughout the years and, and, uh, you know, things ebb and flow and, um, It seems like, you know, I guess this is now the time for us. It's been, you know, it was been challenging (laughs) for years, but, um, you definitely, Definitely. yeah, you have found your, 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 your niche and I, and I feel it and I see it and, and I'm excited to see this. So tell us about this, um, this documentary, um, you discussed, what, what's this about?
1: Oh, yes. So we have, um, so in New York state, we, are going into an election cycle across the country, um, next year, but particularly, um, the gubernatorial race will be very interesting next year. Mm-hmm. Um, New York state, um, has one, even though we have one of the highest amount of registered voters, we have the second lowest amount of voter turnout in the entire country. And, um, not only that, we have a 98.7% incumbency reelection rate, which is virtually unheard of in the country, with the exception, of course, of Illinois. And so Mike and I, that's my partner, we um, really wanted to examine the machine. Mm and What makes the machine in New York so effective and why and really on the democratic side of, of things because um, New York State has always been viewed as a progressive state but we um, are not actually a lot of progressive legislation um, has actually been stalled in our state legislature latest legislative body um, and that's because we have, even though the Democrats technically control the state Senate, there were eight rogue Democrats that left, kind of left the party and formed what is now called the Independent Democratic Caucus.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they have decided to caucus with the Republicans. Okay. And so giving the Republicans in the, in the Senate in New York State the majority while in the lower house in the assembly, the Democrats have a clear majority. So it's made for a very interesting gridlock um, time in Albany, and and the also the other alarming statistic is the extremely high amount of public elected officials who have been indicted or convicted on various corruption related charges
0: now would this also be on both sides is this democrat and republican
1: yes yes definitely but unfortunately it seems that the the um majority of the uh of of the convicted elected officials are on the Democratic side. And the reason we see that is because the Democratic machine in New York has had such a stranglehold in the stakes. For so long, since the days of Tammany Hall back in the 1800s, mm-hmm. um, when the Irish um, immigrants first arrived and were mistreated, and so they formed this um, collective—I um, almost want to say it's like an earliest form of a union, but right, like but a cooperative. On, on, on a, right, um, and they, right, and they infiltrated uh politically and local um, elections and and so locally elected of officials were um, responsible to the Irish um, immigrants and, mm. and helped to pass legislation that would make life better for um, for uh, the Irish uh, settlers here. Okay. So, I mean, fast forward that to today, where it's just really been a lot of pay-to-play um, type of uh, scenarios. We have a governor that is the son of a former New York State governor who was wildly popular in the state and actually in the country, And Mario Cuomo. At one point, was actually considered a very strong presidential candidate, but he decided at the last minute not to run. Um, that was in the 80s and, and early 90s. And um, his son, Andrew, um, is now governor. He mm-hmm. was the former New York State Attorney General, and then he was elected to being governor. Oh. Though he, yes. And so what's interesting is that this race coming up. I feel, and a lot of um, Democratic insiders feel that Cuomo is actually particularly vulnerable right now. We have his former deputy secretary, who's going on trial for corruption charges in May of this of this coming mm-hmm. year, and um, all eyes are on that trial. Oh, cool. because,
0: so, yeah. So let, me, let me get in so here yeah, for a second. Yeah. So, because because you know you we are talking about this documentary, and I'm assuming that what I'm getting from me that this documentary is about um, the machine and corruption
1: it, it, and it, it, yeah yes uh, yeah it's totally about the machine and it's just, just such a lot of interesting moving parts politically in New York and also just um, uh, you know ranging from the highest um, levels in the state I to see the lowest um, levels down to the um, the county co- committee seats which basically what that means is that you're, um, if you are appointed or you run um, as to be on the county committee for your district, um, basically you're representing your block. I so get it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so okay. it's, uh, yeah. So it, it's very interesting and fascinating and, um, <laughs> and that's what our documentary is uh, examining. It's
0: I see. Okay, and so this is really, what, I, what I'm feeling is that it's really to educate the public on um, some of the ins and outs of what's really going on in, and when you say the machine, can you explain just briefly what you mean by the machine? Because everybody has their thoughts and ideas of what that means, but what is the machine? <laughs>
1: The machine, the machine, to, to me, and, and the way that we see it, represents the way the status quo of how things are done politically, yeah. um, you know, in at least in New York State. And um, the channels in which a, an elected official uh, who wants to be able to function. You know, effectively in New York State, mm-hmm. the challenge in which they have to go through the uh, their mm-hmm. respective parties in order to even win re election again as an incumbent, um, those are very deeply entrenched in New York State. Those, those processes, those channels mm-hmm. are deeply entrenched, you know and we're talking about at least a hundred plus years and there have been no real reforms mm-hmm. to um, create a more transparent process to offer um, a platform for um, outsiders or progressives to mount a real challenge to incumbents it's really an uphill battle I for see. anyone yeah okay. that. so,
0: so, that's the machine so with this documentary what is your hope of this once this is um, is it uh, what's the re- is there a release date or do you have this is it in production Is it in its beginning stages tell us where you are with that and
1: so we, um, we are in production and we have started filming uh, actually just this week
2: wow. and so
1: that was exciting yeah it has been exciting and um, it's going to be ongoing um, we decided that um, we would release some webisodes along the way next nice. year as nice. we we're filming, so the public can can uh, keep up with us and and um, learn about the process. Yeah, um, in you know along the way.
0: And what is your hope with it? That that uh, that it's just for education. Is it for to strike people to make um, a complete change in our political system to overhaul it? What is the hope uh, from all, all, your end?
1: All of the above. You know, we it, it, it is about educating the public because truth is that a lot of New York voters are in the dark mm-hmm. and and actually the country because again New York has been seen as this progressive state um, you know we also want to shine a spotlight on the system maybe um, maybe be able to create the changes that are needed to be able to get Albany out of gridlock and and push the state towards being more progressive um, you know, and 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 also, obviously, to educate the country as well um, about uh, local civic engagement.
0: Yes, yes. Okay. And when you say progressive, um, what do you what do you mean by that? Is that is that for for one side? Is that for Republicans? Is that for Democrats? Um, you know, there's a lot of people even listening to this that are Republican or Democrat or none. Um, what do you mean when you say progressive?
1: Well, progressive to me, I mean, most people associate being progressive with being on the left. Yes. And, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that way, right? Mm -hmm. So um, there are actually progressive Republicans, too, as well, who probably would lean more towards being centrist or maybe even more, I guess, on the left so to speak, but basically a progressive is anyone that champions causes, um, social causes for the masses that, um, you know, that basically would push the boundaries um, to create a more equi- equitable um, solution for issues, um, for the disenfranchised, for a a mass group of people. So, like, for instance, let's, we can Mm. talk about the environment. So, Mm -hmm. you know, pushing, um, legislation that would reduce your carbon emissions for the state. So pushing New York state to being a a clean state or even creating a more fiscally responsible government. Now, people might say, oh my gosh, that's not really progressive, but it (laughs) is. the state is bogged down in bureaucracy mm-hmm. and, and that's an issue in the country you know yeah. and there there is a middle ground there is a middle ground that you can create where you create a fiscally responsible government while still um, being socially responsible to its constituents, providing services that are needed, um, you know, updating infrastructure, mm-hmm. uh, you know, these are all issues that um, I guess you would say are progressive, even though to me they just make common
0: sense. And, and that's just, exactly, this is what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm just going to stop and we'll, we'll stop the, when I say the political talk because, People's minds start getting into these. They start taking sides. Okay, I I can feel it. You know, people wanna. You're talking, and I I know people are gonna be listening, and they take a side. And, and I know you. And you know, and you know, you may lean this a little bit this way or that way, but you know, you seek to find balance um, as well. And I think any social entrepreneur, or you know, people are calling that things, people who are doing things that um, benefit others, benefit the planet, benefit. you know, humankind for really benefit them, not for what they think should be, but really um, to say, well, what is a solution? Maybe my solution isn't the right solution and I'm willing to uh, find balance in that. And to me, it is just common sense that when you create things that you um, take care of the planet, that you, that you reduce waste, that you make sure that people aren't getting sick from things. Um, but we've lived in a culture you know, for so long, and I say in American culture because, you know, we're Americans, but, you know, mm-hmm. we, we kind of set the tone for the rest of the world. They follow, you know, what we do. We're like a big, you know, brother. Like, oh, oh, they did it. Let's do that. And so when we do things here, we really set the tone for the rest of the world in many cases. I'm not saying in all, and I think because we're now a global uh, uh, society, uh, you, know, mm-hmm. you know, you can get information anywhere. Now people are beginning to go, wait a minute, I'm going to lead. <laughs> I don't need to follow okay. what you did. And I think that that's what we're saying here is we're saying, learn uh, and, uh, about uh, these things, educate yourself, have knowledge, and then make choices that are common sense, that that feed your soul, that are um, exactly. that aren't uh, just about one side or one way that you think things should be done or about this thing called making profits, um yeah. You know, we've been taught these things and it's just time to to, to question them and then make yeah. decisions based upon true knowledge, not what a a belief system that you've carried, but true knowledge in uh, of the whole. You hear what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Totally. I'm right there with you. We both subscribe to the same <laughs> trains of thought. You know, um to me, um if your business isn't making and a, a fruitful impact uh, on society. Then I think uh, you've, you know, the, get out of it. I, 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 yeah, exactly. <laughs> Change it. You know, exactly. You know, for me, I had my aha moment when I was, I was uh, in the process of creating that water delivery company. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, well, why can't we be profitable and still? offer something back to society give back you know I mean why do we have to create companies that hoard tons of cash you know um, what what sense is there when there uh, there are other people suffering so for me my philosophy has always been entrepreneurism is the tool to alleviate poverty when it is mm. when it is an active Responsibly, so I definitely support like microfinancing platforms. Mm-hmm. I definitely support, um, you know, uh, offering um, services, you know, entrepreneurial training services to to all groups of people, but particularly those that are have been disenfranchised historically and been oppressed historically that's the only way i feel that offers a level playing field to be able to break the bonds of the chains of of poverty Mm. and um you know and and so that's that's why i'm driven to to do this you know and um you know I, i would like to Create that platform you know for other entrepreneurs too, yes. to be able to succeed you know
0: absolutely and be
1: able to make an impact
0: yes and, and and hence why we do this work why I've been working for so many years developing you know the cocoon and, and, and all these yes. aspects so that we can come together and truly truly when i say solve the problems the solutions the solutions are right in front of us it and i say this and i'm going to i don't care, i'll say it over and over and over again there is not a problem of of abundance, okay. We have an abundance of everything now. Literally, we are a wealthy planet. We have everything that we need. And as one of my friends says, she's you know says it's a distribution problem. It's not yeah. uh, uh, an a- we have to g- distribute things, and so everyone can have access. That doesn't mean, you know let's let's talk here for just one second get this thing that people think in their minds first of all there's one thing that comes to my mind when you say when you say profitable i don't think people understand what that what, what you know maybe what you're saying or what i'm saying what we're used to is saying you know well we made a profit companies you have to be profitable there's a difference between um creating your company to be uh, uh, thriving for your people that are working for you, uh, taking care of the community that's around you, making sure that you're not leaving Whatever that is—a town or a city—in turmoil with, you know, waste or or, or poisons or toxics, uh, th- things from how you're producing things—that's being a uh, to me a profitable, sustainable company. That that you're taking care of things, you're able to grow, you're able to thrive. That's profitable, okay? But what most people think is—is profit—is um, how much more money or cash can we make, hand over fist? How how much more can we make? How much more can we make? How much more can we make? And that has become the thing of that's being profitable and that's successful. And I have a problem with that. We all do because that's the problem. OK, because yeah. how, how our society is structured runs on cash. OK. And so if it's being hoarded and if it's being it, c- c- you're competing against other people, then you're really warring because you got to sue them. And then you've got to because they tuck this part of your idea, possibly, maybe. Um, but at least, you know, we'll stop them from, you know, uh, being the top dog and we want to stay the top dog. Um, right. And you have all these issues. So when you say profitable, what do you mean by that?
1: Well, um, for me, uh, profitable means that I am able um, to help my community. So I'm able to provide jobs that are paying well above the minimum wage. Right. That you know that people can sustain themselves and you know, including myself and my partner, and also that we have um, enough capital left over to sustain the business, to move to the next level, and that we have enough capital left over that we can give back to the community. So, you know, creating things like, um, you know, um, providing grants or um, scholarships, Business scholarships for other entrepreneurs, um, supporting nonprofits um, that right. align with, with our views. For me, it's now we've become a full circle, a full closed loop, you know, sustainable, profitable business. Yeah. You know? And in and that way, we're not hoarding tons of cash, you know. Um, I, I find it absolutely nuts. That a company like Apple or any other Fortune 500 companies have billions and billions of dollars just hoarded in cash in their bottom line, (laughs) and they're not doing anything with
0: it. Right. It's just nature doesn't work like that. Nature is not just sitting on stuff to hoard away to rot you know it exactly. it recycles itself it turns into more energy so more things can grow so you get more seeds that there's more fruit that's, that there's more abundance life is abundant and when you um, follow natural law everything works everything works and I know that's our intention, and we can talk about this for days, and we will, because you have some things you're talking about the better way of living. Um, you also have another project that you're working on. You're going to be doing a podcast.
1: I am. I am. <laughs> I'm going to be doing. I know my my friends always like, wow, you're always moving. But to me. <laughs>
0: that's great. That's how life works. Yes.
1: Yeah, exactly. If you're not moving, you're dead. That's, that's what right.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> do take some time to you know to meditate and and relax and 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 find your you know balance. But you you know life 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 moves. Yes.
1: Yes, it's okay. true. I do, but um yes. So one of the podcasts I'm working on it's called uh, Better Me, and mm-hmm. inspiration came from that a few years ago, when um a couple girlfriends and I, about 10 of us, got together, and we all had all these different goals and dreams and visions that we had for ourselves, but it's really hard when it's just you. Yeah. It's great when you have a community behind you supporting you, and so we would, um, so I went to one of my friends, and I said, oh, why don't we do something like um, 90 Days to a Better Me, and we just all outline our goals and visions and and um, and we all encourage each other, other every week. Maybe we have a phone call, and we just, you know, hold each other accountable towards goals and visions, and and we're just this this um, like you would say cocoon. Yeah. And and so um, that was the original vision, and and, and actually um, some of some of the some of my girlfriends from this group moved on to doing fantastic, phenomenal things. Um, I have one of my friends who moved to Dubai and she's traveling all over the place Mm. now and another girlfriend who um, has uh, actually become raised her profile quite a bit and has been on MSNBC and and other mainstream media um, outlets and um, another girlfriend who has become uh, a, a really great poet and, and has moved to another country. I love and it. doing amazing work. So, yes, so it was very inspiring. And so, um, I decided to do a podcast where, um, each week I would focus on someone I meet and, um, and we talk about what they what it means to them to become a better mm. me. Yeah. And 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 following, you know, checking in every thirty days to see how how close or far they are in in their assessment of what being a better me is and their visions. And um, I think it's it's just great, you know, to be able to have something positive to offer, you know, and to be able to encourage other people because I feel like once we, you know, and this has been the great the great thing about the Me Too movement, right? You know, once mm-hmm. the dam has been broken and people are sharing their stories, mm-hmm. you know, you realize you're not alone, that yes. that, that your voice does matter. So that, that's the whole vision behind A Better Me, that, you know, we're hearing stories from myself and other people about what we're doing to become a better me. Mm. And so hoping to encourage other people out there to become better, a better Yes. So that we can create a much more harmonious society and and move us out of this state of terror that we've been in since 2016. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, and I would say, first of all, I love that vision and. Um, and I fully support you, and uh, and and that's why we're here. That's why we're doing this. But, and I say again, since you know, it's really to 2016. I, you know, you know me. I don't, I don't prescribe to any sort of political side or whatever. I'm not here for that. That's not my purpose. Other people are, and that's great. Uh, every, we all have our, our work to do. Um, but I say that we've been in this state for for thousands of years the the human uh, race has has really been this and what we're seeing now to me and my vision is is really the end of it you know when when a virus is in the body and when the body is not strong enough to fight it off um you know it can overtake it but when the body starts to 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 come back into balance you will feel sick that's what sick is sick is really the body seeking to expel things. All right. Throwing up is is trying to get rid of something. Um, and then it comes into balance. Uh, if it has a strong immune system, if it is, uh, in place. And so, um, I know, you know, there's a term called the imaginal cells. Um, have you heard that before? No, actually. I, I, I say this, and I you know again, I'll, we'll keep saying it. But imaginal cells are actual real cells in the in a butterfly and or a, let's say a caterpillar. All right, and mm-hmm. when the caterpillar goes through its process and, and it starts to go into its cocoon, these imaginal cells who have been there all along they just haven't been coming to the surface now they come into the surface they have been it actually in the the caterpillar the whole time but now is their time and they begin to proliferate and what they do is they are the process in which that helps the uh, the caterpillar transform into its new state but what happens is that the other cells that are within the caterpillar begin to Think that actually that this is something they need to fight because it's, it's it's they're not they don't recognize it and so they actually start killing off these imaginal cells. But what happens is they start to grow faster and they become more until um, all the other cells begin to actually uh, start to uh, they they uh, it's called apoptosis. a Apo- I, I don't know how I'm saying that correctly. But it is the term in which um, these uh, cells actually commit suicide, all right? That's what's happening because they they don't know what's going on. And so there's all this chaos, that it seems, it appears. But what's happening Mm -hmm. is the caterpillar inside these imaginal cells have turned, literally the caterpillar turns into a complete liquid. And from that, from that, yes, it actually turns into complete liquid in that cocoon. That's what's happening. And when that seems that disintegration has happening, really what's happening is that you're now pulling all these things together. And what happens is you, it then comes out to be a butterfly. And so I, I, I'm, of course, murdering this, <laughs> this, this, um, this story in this way. But, but the premise is still the same. Nature right. follows itself. That's what's happening right now. So instead of we, us, and I know it's, I know it's a challenge for people. I know it's a challenge mm-hmm. when you see the news every day and when you hear the stuff, and when we've been taught that we have to follow these leaders and that this system is the way. Okay. And what I'm saying as an imaginal cell is that no, there's a completely other ways. Don't even focus on the old ways. Yes, we're going to have to bridge it. All right, we're going to have to bridge it. Right. But, mm-hmm. but. You know, Buck Minister Fuller says, you know, um, you cannot change, you know, the uh, the existing uh, way of doing things with the the same way of doing things. You have to comp- to create a completely whole new way. You have to complete a whole new way. This is the time of the whole new way, and if we keep going into the old things, we're going to keep getting the same. So that has to be transformed, and that's why we're here. That's why we're here, and you know, the work that you're doing. Um, and I hear, and this is why I say, you guys, come together. Let's come together. We must come together. We must come together as a community of cells, coming together to be whole, to create something completely new. We are not going to do it alone. you know. And so I'm saying I'm here to support you and in, in the work you're doing. And um, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I, I met you years ago. And I know it's been a long journey <laughs> for both you and I.
1: Yes, uh, it has been, but, um, I, and, and vice versa too, I'm so proud of you for <laughs> sticking with it and just, just embracing your path and moving. It's always encouraging every time we touch back, um, you know, get back in touch with each other and mm. just see the journey along the way, you know, it's just great. And, um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's what it is about. It is about encouraging each other, creating this family, this cocoon. Yeah, you know,
0: for all of us. Support. support. Yeah. And we, so, 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 with that said, where can, where can um, people find you? How do they support you? Yes.
1: We are called Stacked Media. S-T. The number eight. C-K-E-D. Stacked Media. Okay and I know your, your next question is probably going to be why the number eight Well, <laughs> the number eight the number eight to me represents infinity mm, you know yeah. and um, you know there are just infinite points of views infinite issues and solutions and so you know that, that that's why um, we, we we chose the number eight in, in stack and you know our our, um, our whole mantra is throwing a wrench into the machine, you know, creating a platform for the disenfranchise um, to voice, to, to express their voice. So, Stacked Media, um, the website is coming soon and will be stackedmedia.com. Okay. F-t- number eight, C-K-E-D. I like it. Stackedmedia.com and com, and we are on Facebook stacked media and um, we do have a Facebook group um, the stacked Secret project which is basically our documentary where <laughs> you know anyone who's interested can um, can basically find us on there and and we you know you'll have like behind the scenes. I love it uh, footage.
0: I love it. Of our journey. And can people support you? Is this is this a yes. crowdfunding? Is this a Patreon? Yes. Um, how can they support this and or get a copy yes. beforehand? I mean,
1: yes, we are actually. So we are um, planning. We will be launching in
0: February. L- sorry, Charlotte, you cut out just a little bit. You're, you'll be launching when? Oh, That's okay.
1: We will be launching in February. Okay. And so at that point, yes. Um, People can support us through Patreon. We will, um, you know, so yes, we will be crowdfunded too because I believe that's the great, the best way to build awareness is
2: mm-hmm.
1: by having your your um, voice out there um, to the public. And um, I also, we, you know, we're also planning to do a blitz of events, events. Um, both in New York, but we are, we're thinking about going um, to different places, like maybe Portland.
0: Absolutely, we'll uh-huh. be we'll be proud to host you here at Hollowed Halls. Yes,
1: yes. And so we, um, so yeah. So that will be happening February of next year, okay. two thousand eighteen. And um, yeah, that's, how, that's okay. how you can support.
0: And then, what about your uh, docu- Your uh, not your documentary, but your podcast series. When does this begin? The
1: podcast. Yes, we will be launching um, everything in February. So we nice. will be recording along the way now, um, between now and January, and then in February everything will be live launched.
0: Nice. All right. <laughs> I love it. I love it, Sharla. Um, thank you. Hey, thank you so much for uh, showing up today and taking the time there in, in New York. Uh, I know you're ahead of time, and I know you got to go because you're 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 busy, Gal. So, we appreciate you today, and I'm looking forward to supporting you, to working again with you, and I'm so proud um, um, to Aww. be on this journey with you. So, uh,
1: Aww, thank you I send so you great
0: love. You.
1: Yeah. Aww, thank you so much.
0: <laughs> <This is> awesome. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, with that said, uh, support Sharla. You can go to stackedmedia. dot com. Yes.
1: Yes um, okay. yep, it, it will be up And it will be up soon But on Facebook You can find us Back media And like us
0: Okay And there. like sounds good and yeah. of course anybody who's listening to this you can go to thecocoon.com and we'll have these things posted and, and ways that you can um, uh, connect uh, to Charla and other like-minded individuals uh, we'll be doing events and supporting people um, here and uh, beyond and um, when are we getting when are we going to Mexico again <laughs> <laughs> they don't know That'd that story but, um, Mexico my true. secret place yeah <laughs> Oh, I'm, I'm putting you on the spot. When do we go in Mexico? <laughs> I, I I'm saying at least April, because that's
1: where there
0: you my go. birthday. Is, that's and a good your time. It's yep. Right around. That's the, right around the, the corner. corner. Right. So there we go. <laughs> 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 All right, I'm holding you to it. We're going. <laughs> yes, I love that place. I love it. All right, Charlotte, you have a wonderful day and uh, bless you. Thank so thanks you. so much. Thank you. You've been listening to the Open Door podcast series. The Open Door is part of the Cocoon the creative action centers of online open source networks. Tune in weekly, where we share ideas on consciousness, health, and creativity. Together, we are taking action where the 99% transform
2: into 100%.